Hey, everybody. It is a wonderful night. It's kind of, it's really kind of peaceful outside. We had some, some nice refreshing thunderstorms earlier on this afternoon. On this Friday, June 16th, 2023. It's 6.55 p.m. Wherever you are in the world, you could just work off of that. 6.55 p.m. on the East Coast. You'll be able to determine what the time is where you are then. That's the way the time zones work. Anyway, tonight is Friday. And whether you're watching on YouTube or Rumble or Twitch, DLive, Theta, Rockfin, or beyond, we are just very grateful for you to be here as we're wrapping up another really interesting week. Jam-packed, full of stuff, great topics, great calls, made me think a lot. And it's Father's Day weekend, so uh, I've got a I've got a pretty good badass to end the week. And for now, uh, for for this evening, we've got our buddy Matt with us for the for tonight. Matt, good evening. Hello, Francis. You seem somber. Why do you seem so somber in your voice? I'm not somber. Okay, I thought it was because Joe Biden's in Greenwich, Connecticut today. I forgot about that. Yeah, I wanted to go and throw the roadkill I picked up at his motorcade. <laughs> I had two what? squirrels to throw at his motorcade. <laughs> Local man throws dead squirrel at the president's motorcade. Trump would have liked it. Trump would have thought it was funny. Oh, man. Oh, man. If I ever hear of a squirrel being lobbed at anybody, I'll know who the hell did it. Well, tonight we are going to be taking it easy. I mean, we have a lot of things that we can do. I've got a whole bunch of articles. We've got some Babylon B. I want to give people a little bit of a tour of all of the open threads that I have on the forum so that over the course of the weekend we can get hundreds, hopefully thousands of people on the forums like they used to do with Reddit. Like they used to complain about Reddit being Reddit. We want you to continue to warm up to the forum on quitefrankly.tv because it is a place where not only everybody gets together to kind of research and debate and, and do whatever, but it's also a place where you can help me produce the show because these are the threads that really... Um, and I'm bringing a lot of old topics to life again, too, because all of those threads were lost on Reddit. I want to make sure that we have a place where they can exist in perpetuity. So um, that's that's what we're doing tonight. And I want to thank everybody, all my sponsors, especially BlueMonsterPrep.com. You know, a lot of our sponsors and affiliates all throughout the weekend are 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 offering Father's Day specials and um, I mean obviously if it has to be delivered you're kind of shit out of luck if you haven't done something right now but I know Blue Monster Prep they are still doing gift certificates for Father's Day that can be printed and all that if your father is the type that would really love to peruse what they have over there on BlueMonsterPrep.com maybe he can buy himself some some equipment from a range of categories go ahead Go ahead and check it out. BlueMonsterPrep.com. Use promo code FRANKLY. But um, but thank you guys and gals. Hey, are you ready? Are you ready, Matt, for some for some fun tonight? Yes. Please. Please make it be fun. Well, uh, the first one we're going to do, we're going to jump into our grab bag here. And what is going on around the world? Boy, 
uh, I don't know, you know, Matt, it's been a pretty rough Pride Month. Uh, I don't know if you've, you've heard. I've but been celebrating daily. It's, it's been pretty rough this year. It's been getting rough the last couple of years because people can't take this shit anymore. And they see it for the it's shit. Every that, day is gay day. I know. I know. And that, that's that on top of it. They're just running out. But there was something that happened versus, uh, during a Mexico versus United States soccer match in Mexico. And you got to listen to this. Hold on. Let me get you up on screen with me. Here's the headline. It was a mess. Ugly U.S.-Mexico match halted after four ejections, brawls, and anti-gay chant. What was the chant? We're going to do it. Hold on. We'll do it together. Uh, Paradise, Nevada. Uh, Follerin Balogun. Follerin Balogun's USMNT teammates had tried in vain to prime him. They had told the tales of U.S.-Mexico, of melees, and more, as they integrated their newest recruit ahead of Thursday's CONCACAF Nationals League. I don't know all of the all of the, the soccer finals. Like I, this is, I guess, is Major League Soccer or something like that. It's not World Cup stuff. There's Major League Soccer. ML, MLS. Isn't that a thing around here? Yeah, it is. I was just like... There's probably other leagues... Anyway, uh, it's the semifinal, National League semifinals. They used words like intense and crazy. Tim Way even warned him, this Fullerin Balogun. They're warning this guy. I guess he's a new guy. You're probably going to get some alcohol thrown at you at some point. But nothing, nobody could have prepared Balogun for 8.43 p.m. here at Alegant Stadium when Mexico's Cesar Montes wound up and hacked Balogun down. I don't know if I'm saying these these names right, but he's Cesar Montes. Cesar Montes. Montes. He has he hacked this guy Balugon down. Balugon. Balugun. Uh, he clutched for his leg, writhing in pain. Then he looked up, quote, and I just saw a swarm of people fighting. He'd later recall. Thus began 30 minutes of madness, of ugly, combustible, borderline, unsafe soccer, or at least something resembling it. By the time Balugun could survey the instant carnage. One red card had already been brandished and beer was flying. It rained down from the stands through the shameful second half that overshadowed a triumphant three nothing US victory. The first alcoholic projectiles were aimed at Weston McKinney, who charged at Montez and soon found himself surrounded by Mexicans. Now, this is the only instance where you can say that and it's not it's racist. It's not racist. You know? I woke up. I'm surrounded by a bunch of Mexicans. What was that movie where the guy says, is there something less derogatory I can say than Mexicans? Was that in The Office? That was in The Office, I think. Are you sure? Yeah. I think Michael Scott says that to someone. Is there anything less offensive than the term Mexican? (laughs) (laughs) Surrounded by Mexicans. It's the only place where you can say that. It's the only instance you can say that where nobody's going to hack you down. Um... So I, that, that's funny in itself. Let's keep going. He was surrounded by Mexicans trying to soak that up. By the time he emerged, his jersey was torn apart. Mexicans torn apart. But the U.S. soccer crest was intact. And so as McKinney strode toward the U.S. bench for a replacement top, he looked, for, uh, he looked up at the furious fans, also Mexicans, I might add. Then out across the field, 
and kissed the crest again and again, eyes wide, arrogance calculated and glorious, goading more fury, because he, US, US. He too was shown a red card. But then the worst thing happened. The worst thing happened. Here, here's what happened. It was a mess, US captain Christian Pulisic said after the game, but I was disappointed in the end. I really wish some of our guys kept their heads. And everything around, it was worse, far worse. For 45 minutes, the pro-Mexican crowd was spirited, the atmosphere energizing. As the night wore on, frustration boiled over into mayhem. Several brawls broke out among the 65,000 Mexicans in attendance. <laughs> Many hurled half cups at U.S. players or at nobody in particular when two Mexico attackers missed their team's best chance of the night. That's a, uh, those are actual positions. Yeah, they attack. Yes, they're not actual attackers. They're not defenders. Because I, you know, when I first scrolled through this, I said, damn, they're really going at it. Mexican, now they're Mexican attackers. And I said, oh, this is soccer terms. I forgot. I definitely felt some beer, but this is the worst part. This is the worst part, uh, uh, Matt. What they could, t what they wouldn't tolerate, though, at all of that, the, the fighting, the beer, all that stuff, you know, it's just, it was chaos. But what they would not tolerate is the chant that crescendoed at the, as the clock ticked and the seats emptied with the final result beyond doubt. The infamous Grito, I guess it's Puto. Puto? Okay. I guess it's, because it's P asterisk asterisk How's that anti-homophobic? It's an anti-gay slur. No, it's not. That's the, I, I, well, it means it's, bitch. P, puto. Yeah, but, uh, but it, it, you see what I'm saying? P asterisk asterisk asterisk. There's three. So I'm thinking it's okay. It's not pussy because they wouldn't be saying pussy down there, and that would need one more asterisk. So it has to be puto, no? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's an anti-gay slur. Did you know that? Maricon is. <laughs> uh, not puto. You can say puto maricon. We always say it. Puto maricon. <laughs> Keep saying that it's the uh, the best thing we can do right now is say it to to destigmatize it. Uh, Anti-gay slur first appeared early and then boomed across Allegiant Stadium late on. It prompted at least three warnings and then a temporary suspension of play, which of course didn't halt it. As U.S. keeper Matt Turner prepared to take goal kicks, knowing the chant was inevitable, he tried helplessly to plead with the fans to stop or even to the referee to simply end the game. Please end the game. We can't take this anymore. You could tell it's coming, Turner said later. Why? How can you tell that the anti-gay chants are coming? Any minute, the gay chants are coming soon. They have an extra uh, sense. The gays do. Maybe that's just the... That's how they find each other. They know. It's, an, it's, an, it's, a, it's a sense. Oh, so you're saying that the gay members on the, the U.S. team... Is there gay gay men on the U.S. team? Is that what's going on? Uh, they can't handle fucking words. Yeah. And it's distracting. It goes against everything that we stand for on our side. We've been very vocal and open about the strength of our team being our diversity. Our team being our diversity? The strength of our nation being its diversity? They, I don't even know they know how to use the word diversity anymore. These words have been so abused. They don't even know how to use them anymore. This sounds like a five-year-old. So to use something so divisive during a game, a spirited game, and maybe the play sort of a, the play sort of set the flares off in the stands, but it has no place in the game. Ugh, oh, give, give this man a raise. 
give this man a raise. So if any Mexicans are in the audience right now who are at the game, I would love to hear from you. Call in tonight. Yeah. Please, we want to hear from you. We want to hear the real story. Yeah, and after displaying that that weakness, you know what? I think the female soccer players should be paid the same as the men after that, but yeah. in opposite ways. The men's salary should be brought down. Fucking putos. Yeah, you know what? The the females actually do get paid more than the men if you think about if you think about the share of the um of the profits they get if the men uh the, the men uh, obviously men's soccer generates billions of dollars whereas theirs generates like, i think a couple hundred million and um and still they get a bigger percentage of the pie the men so you know they yeah. they, they do get paid more it's just that they're they're worth less how many american soccer players for olympics or whatever can you name Oh, I don't know anything. How many female soccer players can you name? None. I can, like Mia Hamm or like... Female I, soccer players get more exposure than the males do. I mean, I only know in the... America. I'm, well, I I'm, think, I'm forgetting the I purple. I feel like it. What was the purple-haired name? I oh, for, Megan Rapione? Rapinoe. Yeah, Rapine, yeah her Rapine. Hope Solo. She was crazy, Hope too. Solo? Um, oh, wait, wait. She's not... She was... I thought she was a She was a, a goaltender. No, no. That's, uh... That's the blonde girl. Uh, Lindsey Vaughn. Vaughn. Okay. See, I don't know. That's the, I'm not a soccer person. So I don't... Uh, then again, I don't... So I wouldn't be able to know one way or another. Oh, speaking of World Cups and the women, though, take a listen to this. Here's a headline. World Data reveals which 20 countries have the average uh, breast size of women. How do you measure up? Listen I to this. You want to hear... I think I'm a 38C. C? Well, then you are an average American woman because Norway has the biggest tits on the planet. Probably because it's so cold there. What does that mean? They need to keep themselves warm. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Uh, Norway, their cup size, C to D, that's the average. Then Luxembourg is number two. Luxembourg, just a little tiny place like that. They're big where it counts. Uh, they're C, though. They're a strong C. Iceland also C, United States number four, C cups, United Kingdom, C cups. I thought for sure that Ireland would have been in the top three because the Irish usually have bombs. Though I've seen quite a few bombs. But um, but good for you, Norway. Children ain't going hungry out there. Um... I wonder what the average American male breast size is, how it stacks up to the women, if they are on par with the average C cup. I'm, I'm wondering about that. You can call in on that too as well. There you go. So that is what's going on around the world there. Next one up, Matt. I swear to God, this is just the way that things work out on this show. Do you you remember, I think it was, was it last week or the week before? No, it was the week before, because last week we had Timothy Alberino come on. Two weeks ago, we did this th that clip from the show The Morning about the guy who took the painkillers and he turned gay. And then he wanted to keep taking the painkillers because he liked being gay. Yeah. But if he didn't take them, he, he would... He couldn't be gay. He couldn't be gay. He, he couldn't bring himself to do it. Well, the host... Of that show, 
take a look at this. This he is like started taking painkillers. Well, I think he's taking the same painkillers at least. Why is he blowing someone in the middle of an interview? This was this was on June second. So it has to be like exa- right after we talked about it or right around the same time we talked about it. The, the host, I'm broken and ashamed, but I'm not a groomer, says Philip Schofield in a bombshell first interview. Philip so- Schofield has spoken for the first time about his affair with a much younger colleague, revealing he is utterly broken and ashamed, but stresses he did not groom him. The axed this morning host, 61 years old, who had been hiding in hiding since the scandal broke, approached the son to tell his story after what he says was a week of lies flooding social media. Talking to the son visibly shaking, Phillips said, I did not, I did not groom him. There are accusations of all sorts of things. It never came across that way because we'd become mates. I don't know about that, but of course I understand. So what, the, so th- this kid was like 20 or something going on? His six months romance insisting reveals uh, he is still friends with the ex-showrunner, 30 years his junior, who we are not naming. He says their romance only started once the man was 20 years old, after something just happened between us that changed everything. So he has had some recent problems with a, a 30 years his younger intern or something at this very show. So, at the very least, he was taking those same painkillers yeah. that the other guy was. The whole time, he was on the same painkillers. Imagine it was that that broadcast. He's listening to this guy. He's like, what's the name of that drug again? <laughs> and then and then suddenly, he, he says, I don't know. Something just happened between us that changed everything. It was probably, They took the painkillers took together. The painkillers. It's like, hey, you know what? I bet you both of them were straight. And he's like, I don't think this shit works. Let you want to order? Let, let's let's order some Chinese food or something. Let's pop some of these painkillers and let's see what happens. And they never went back. All right. Well, uh, John Fetterman made everyone extremely uncomfortable again today by speaking. Oh. Um, you want to listen to it? Seeing the sweatpants and hoodie again? No, 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 no. They put him in a suit. Oh, and, someone dressed him up. Yeah, they put him in a suit, and um, I don't know. He's on some committee. Of course he is. And the chairman of this committee that he's on, this is broadcast on C-SPAN. <coughs> and, uh, and they ask him about the I-95 collapsing around Philadelphia. You heard about that. Now, I reported on it a little bit when I read, the, read it. I did not know it was because a fuel tanker blew up. Yeah, it blew up on the bridge. So that's going to be significant for uh, the time being. Anyway... Uh, somebody asked him what he thought about it, and I, how terrible. Here, listen to this. Earlier today, some uh, com- some comments about uh, the uh, tragic uh, accident in uh, 995. And if you want to make any comments with respect to that, feel feel free. You're recognized. Uh, no, I I, I uh, would, would would just. Um, Really, like the, you know, the 95, 95, 95, you know, um, you know. The woman behind him is laughing. People voted for this guy. Is the woman behind him uh, an assistant to him? Whether she belongs on his staff or somebody else's. I mean, she, you saw that? Look at this one. Look at it. Watch 95, her. 95, 95, 95, <laughs> you know, um, you know. 
obviously that you know you're pretty much preoccupied with with 95, and I know I certainly am too. And we know it's a major uh, eatery, not, not just for for Pennsylvania, but for the east the east coast. And a lot of Pennsylvanians are worried that the delays and repairs bring to its standstill deal. What? Oh, it's someone wrote that for him. Yeah, he's trying to read it. That's the worst part. This is what happens when you divide a country, convince people that one side is racist. You get people that will willingly vote for a fucking buffoon like this guy. I'm sorry what happened to him happened to him, but he was a fucking like this before. Uh, that, meh, buh. It's, uh, it's really tragic. It's really tragic. You, you, you think that, okay, all right, we got him into the Senate. Let's just go on with normal order. Uh, but of course they're going to put him onto a committee, and of course they're going to call on him and try to act like everything's normal. I I would hide this guy like I would hide a kid in right field. I'd Sometimes keep him you, on the bench. Yeah, well, well, listen. In little league, you have innings. You have <clears throat> innings requirements. He and gets the minimum amount. <laughs> he gets the minimum. He gets two innings. In in little league, you need two innings in the field and at least one at bat. And I try to put children, players, into a place where they can do the best that they can. Some children really need to just be kept safe. So I can't tell. Over, over 16 years, there was, you know, three or four kids where I would put them out in right field for a, uh, for if there, especially if there's a righty up. If a lefty comes up, I switch them to left field in the middle of an inning. Just to keep them away from the pull hitters and all that. I mean, you just got to try to play play your. I would be doing that with John Fetterman right now. And if for no other reason, it's a humanitarian thing to do right now. Why are you going to tax this guy's brain? I wouldn't tax him at all. This is uncomfortable. It has to be uncomfortable for him. Depressing. All right. Well, uh, we have a lot of things to do. Some of it is going to get Matt really upset. So I saved that for on the other <laughs> on the other side of the intro. Uh, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! I'm happy to be here. 
and we have some good stuff to do, and I have a lot of things to read from you guys. The, the emails that have come in over the week have been great. Welcome to the show. The number is 914-200-0269. 914-200-0269. And in the meantime, if you also would like to try your luck well, you don't have to try your luck with the Super Chats. If you want to have any of your thoughts expressed in Super Chat form, then please send them on over to, quite frankly, superchat.com, the Rumble Rants. I know that you can do Rumble Rants from your mobile devices now. I know that there, and then, of course, there are the native gold pills on quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. If you want to wish somebody a happy Father's Day or anything like that, go right ahead, and any other questions or comments will be Really happy to field them. All right. Um, let's get some things underway over here. Oh, here's the first thing. On quitefrankly.tv, you go to the forum. Right up top, it says forum. You click on that. It's 100% free, and there's a few, there's a, quite a few threads here that I want to call your attention to. One of them is Matt's, and these are going to be great things for Friday nights, for other free play kind of nights that I have worked into the schedule every week from here until the end of time. Don't want to have guests on every night. Sometimes news breaks, you bring somebody on in a pinch, but um, we, we got to stretch out and do other things. Here is a little bit what we have here. The greatest and worst concert experiences or your biggest concert regret. So that is shows that you could have seen that you didn't see and now you can't ever see again. That is going to be a big night. That already has 61 responses. Here's another one that has a lot of responses. 32 responses. This is going to be another very awesome nostalgia night. Memories from the county fair and summer carnivals. I just want you to dig into your childhood, into the, your DNA, and pull out the things that just, the sights, the sounds, the smells, that, that, that speak an inhuman language, a universal language that just, I don't know, reverberates through you. I want to hear about those. Um, this one is Matt's. Oh, wait, no, no, this is mine. Have you ever been accused of doing something that you did not do, but wish you had? We already have a few responses on that. Matt's has no responses yet. Matt has no responses. Wait, hold on. Oh, there you go. Why? I don't know why your thing was muted. Yours is a great topic. And I know that it's going to, once we get it started, people got to jump into that one. Right under this, have you ever lost anything, anything, a, a competition, a job interview, whatever it is, have you ever lost anything due to cheating, sabotage, or some sort of unfair advantage that your competition had. You can say, you can bring up anything. It could be a race. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of that going on right now. We talk about all the transgender stuff, but you know, I would even, I would even consider affirmative action stories. I would be happy if just one person answered. If Donald Trump answered it and I, said yes, I lost the election. <laughs> I hope that Donald Trump shows up in this thread. Did you hear that, everybody? Matt said he would be happy if even just one person answers this. Yeah, if it was Donald Trump. Oh, if that's it's, what. I, oh, yeah. oh, he would be. He would be enough. Meaning. Yeah. Okay, got you. So let's see what we can do. Maybe we can get Donald Trump to to, uh, to get in there. Um, let's see. The other thing we have. Oh, we have a couple other ones. This one's a little bit heavy, 
and I, I've been sitting on this for a few months now. I put it out in October. It's, have you ever lost it all? Just, I don't know. I haven't. A bad divorce, a financial catastrophe, an addiction, or anything else that took you on a wild ride to the bottom and you had to start all over again. Um, I want to, that's been there for a while. And then we have a recurring and reoccurring dreams repository. Those are all always awesome to, to uh, jump in on from time to time because people are still throwing their dreams in there. It's probably a, the secrets of the universe has now been compiled in that repository by now. And we still have the strange personal food preferences and hacks. I'm going to leave this up here tonight because if we get around to it, I have this other article we can do. Ten strange foods of the Great Depression. People that what people were eating during the depression. So maybe I can put those two together. Chop suey. I didn't see chop suey in there, but succotash. Succotash. But let's get into some Babylon B, shall we? That'll that'll make everybody feel nice for the for the start of this whole thing. Into the B because it is Friday night. I don't know why it's taking so long for this damn thing to reload. Just gonna wait here now. Yeah, so is Instagram. It's Pride Month and I am gay. It's Pride Month and Instagram is playing the part. I'm gay. Why is this? Come on, man. Come on. How is it possible? Yeah. All right, there we go. Hold on. We're getting back to it. Here we go. First one up. First one up. The headline. I'll get Matt on the other side of the screen. Headline. It didn't mean anything, I swear, cries wife after getting caught looking at homes on Zillow. I don't know, understand why that upsets the, the husband. It's just something that, that that's girls do. <laughs> I, I, Lauren shows me stuff on Zillow all the time. I don't care. I mean, it doesn't upset me. She's like, Frank, take a look at this. And there's like some church. There's an old church or an old school somewhere. There, there was an old church for sale in Syracuse, actually, when I went up there with Stacy. It was a restaurant ready. You could buy these things for a song. Now, they're probably haunted by a 700-year-old ghost. I can chase the demons away. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's something. The 700-year-old ghost is the problem. Not for me. Here's another headline. Jabba the Hutt complains of discrimination after airline charges him for multiple seats. That's just terrible. That's just terrible. They should have given him uh, James Madison's flute to play while he was on there, too. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're going to love this one. Here you go. Headline. Chinese restaurant owner retiring to spend less time with his family. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. They do not hire anybody outside the family tree. Hey. It's better that way. Yeah. And no one's going to steal. It's better that way. It really is. All right. Uh, let me see what else we have. What else do we have here? Biden vows to eliminate all junk fees except the 10% for the big guy. Man, he's in deeper and deeper shit every day. If only there was somebody out there yeah, who could do something that cared. Money going to everyone in his fucking family, huh? We're talking tens of millions now. To everyone in his family. That's insane. Headline, lame National Mall doesn't even have a hot topic. <laughs> Man, who the hell... Oh, I, I haven't even thought of hot topic in so long. We used to go there like 
twice a month. Twice a month just to walk around. See which new wallet chain we can buy. Headline, brazen Hillary Clinton seen wearing but her murder victims hat. <laughs> because uh, she tweeted out a picture of her with a hat on that says but her emails after Donald Trump was indicted. Yeah, do you want to talk about brazen? Truly, uh... truly, truly. Headline, man diligently searches scripture for an impressive verse to share on social media. Oh, <laughs> uh, here's another one. Headline. What did you say? I was just going to say, like, a biblical thing was just proven right again. What do you mean? You hear they're talking about how they don't need men to make babies anymore. You can make it from bone marrow. Oh, well, they... they... How did God create Eve? He took a bone from Adam's rib, right? So there you go. These fucking idiots keep proving proving biblical shit correct. You're talking about the synthetic human embryo that was just made without sperm or egg? Yeah. Yeah. So that just proves, like... The bone. There's a greater scientist than the scientists living here on Earth. Although the ones on Earth is the one that did it. Well, the ones on Earth are the ones trying to act like the bigger one, and they're going to pay very dearly when it's time for them to. You know what? I hope that when they pay, I could be standing behind God. <laughs> you know how, like when when you're when you're being uh, you're being disciplined, and your younger sibling is like standing behind your your parents, <laughs> <laughs> looking, and they're looking at you like. <laughs> I just hope I could stand behind his robe. And uh, and watch all these people pay it dearly. <laughs> okay, let's see here. <clears throat> Headline: Biden announces by 2025 all wildfires must be electric. <laughs> That's stupid, but it's funny. Uh, Headline: Hero Trump saves government secrets from cyber attack by hiding them at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> you know who did a really great uh, breakdown on this? Um, who was it? The stage pictures are just so ridiculous. Well, it was Greg Kelly. Did you see the Greg Kelly piece? No. He's, he's on the, Newsmax? He's Yeah. Well, I only saw it because it was it was shared on, on Twitter. Greg Kelly went into the indictment and all that stuff and all, all the supporting all the supporting documentation of what was going on here with all the crimes and, and what they had seized as a part of their whatever. And this is all based on one the recovery of one hundred twenty documents. They're just after 120. Documents. This is this is all about 120 documents. So he went and he took <clears throat> 100 a stack of 120 pages of, of paper. Now you could say, okay, well, what if each document had five pages? Whatever. You look at those pic- those pictures that they keep been pushing around the internet and on every print paper in the world right now of just moving boxes from wall to wall inside of his bathroom and all that stuff. And he compared. I said, what does this mean? Was there one sheet of paper in in every box? So the theatrics about it, I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at the theatrics that that are being pushed out there to support yet again another ridiculous drag through the mud. Another headline, atheist uh, uh, atheist spends another glorious Sunday morning worshiping himself. There you go, there's a... It's all him. He did it all. All right. Well, thank you so much to the Babylon Bee. You guys are always fantastic out there. Now, Matt, this is going to... You probably have seen it, and I want your... We're going to read it together. It's not going to make you happy. Headline. 
Century-old statue of Revolutionary War hero removed in New York over slavery. It's Philip Schuyler. I know. I saw. Yeah, yeah. Yep, Schuylerville. Yep, yep. yep. Nearly... That's <laughs> his story. Hold on. The demons are coming out. Hold on. Is he all right? You know, Matt, uh, I'll, I'll... My father's family is from the town named after this guy. And I remember my cousin, the crazy one up there. Uh, we're talking about some shit, some shit, some shit. I said, you know, Philip Schuyler was a slave owner. Eventually, they're going to come and change the name of your fucking town. So this is a start right here. Eventually, they'll they'll probably change the name of that. Oh, oh, oh yes, they will. Oh, yes, they will. Nearly a century-old statue of the Revolutionary War hero, General Philip Schuyler, one of Albany's largest slave owners, was removed from outside City Hall in the state capitol Saturday morning. This is all around the same places that they have, uh, they have uh, immigrants going into town halls, town centers, and eating swans that are property of the town because they, they had a craving at 3 o'clock in the morning. A moving crew took nearly three hours to haul the statue off its base and load it onto a trailer. How sad. Well, I hope that... What a waste of money. The town of Schuylerville buys it and puts it somewhere. Look, the removal cost, $40,000. $40,000 to remove that. I would have took it for free. Yeah, but you have to... The labor that it takes to remove that thing. I'm a laborer. The nine-foot depiction, you know what you would do? You throw a rope around it. Try to pull it down. It fall like the Saddam Hussein. No, thing. I it, would take it down the right way. Me and my boss would be able to do it. The nine foot depiction of Schuyler, who was New York senator and the father, a father-in-law of Alexander Hamilton, mm-hmm. may also contain a time capsule with maps, coins, and other knickknacks dating from its unveiling in 1925. I just read that that was dug up, and I didn't realize they tore his fucking statue down. Yeah. Despite his prominence in American history, Schuyler came in for criticism. No, no. After the death of George Floyd and subsequent riots carried out around the, around the country in 2020, Minis- yeah. Minnesota. He shouldn't have killed George, George Floyd. He I know. shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have been there. It is, it, it, I mean, look at it. Look, Philip Schuyler, there's Schuyler being removed, and in the background, I guess that's town hall or something, gay flag, some other non-American flag. What the hell are all these flags there? It is just constantly, um, it just, it's just a constant reminder that they have claimed, they have reclaimed the land, whoever the hell they are, whatever the hell they think they're going to do with it. It's just constant reminders. During his lifetime, he was one of the largest slave owners in the city. Uh-oh. Well, then, that that really just leaves the... That leaves the question of what are they going to do with Schuylerville, the name? So that's the next thing. You know, your brother texted me uh, ever since we did that show about the the airplane. The airplane. <laughs> yeah. He's been texting me every time the airplane flies overhead. He's still flying around? He takes video of it. The guy, he goes, <laughs> usually he makes about eight passes or so. Now it's just like one or two. I, I said, this guy is incredible. Where's he? Where's you should get the guy to call in. I would. I would do it. You could probably get in touch with him. I would talk to him. Get his side of the story. I'm going to reach out to him, bro. Do it. P- produce the spot. We can, we'll talk to him about the flying and 
and all that. Uh, did you hear? Now, I know Philip Schuyler, but I know The Punisher is something that you love as well. I do like The Punisher. What you, is, you heard is what's now going to be a woman next season? You, you heard? No, no. What was done to him or, or what is being proposed to be done is, is worse. Cut his balls off? It's almost like that. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is from Zero Hedge. Woke Marvel eliminates The Punisher due to problematic conservative fan base. A year ago, progressive news outlets were calling the idea of the culture war a right-wing conspiracy theory that had no basis in reality. Yet the injection of far-left politics into, into entertainment had already started years previous. With noticeable propaganda efforts in movies, streaming television, children's shows, and books, even commercial advertising was replete with progressive ideological imagery by 2016 onward. The goal is relatively obvious, to erase competing ideals and viewpoints while saturating the market with only one political vision, a woke vision. It's called social engineering, and anyone who claims this is not happening in the U.S. today is gaslighting. Strangely, the American comic book industry has become a major battleground in the culture war, with heroic symbols being increasingly erased or hijacked as vehicles for woke talking points. A vast array of comic book uh, characters are now race-swapped, converted to LGBT, or they have had their histories rewritten to make them more acceptable for modern audiences. That's the, the line that they put out all over the place. Um, at the same time, they promote everything from BLM to climate change propaganda to gender identity politics and anti-gun messaging. Now, this is why people like Eric July have literally turned themselves into millionaires overnight by putting out and, and putting out their own, developing their own comic books. Uh, our, our buddy George um, Alexopoulos, he is going to be coming back on the show sometime this summer, hopefully soon, but he is he's working with Razor Fist to do this really awesome this really awesome western. I would love to have them both on the show, obviously. Um, but it's uh, you know it's hard to wrangle everybody, and it's great to see that there are people that are going out there and trying to um, provide something for audiences that are hungry for it again. It sucks that people have had their their favorite legacy characters destroyed in many ways. Um, and and the the sales of comic books and, gra and other types of uh, categories of graphic novels have really just plummeted. But they they continue on. They they feel they seem to be impervious to any kind of bad reviews and economic downturn. But still, um, uh, I'm done. I'm never going to, out of my way to watch another superhero mov movie, especially since they're going ahead and releasing Flash after what this fucking Ezra Miller uh, did this past fucking year. Why? Did he like kidnap a 15 year old or some shit? You didn't hear about this? I don't know. And he was like on the run from the law or something like Am I just imagining this? Isn't Ezra Miller was like trafficking a kid? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hear it. I didn't check it out. Uh, wait, wait. Is the Flash the one that has Michael Keaton coming back as Batman? Yeah. I was curious. Now I don't know any about anything about these these movies anymore. It's hopeless for me to watch any of them because you need to have watched forty eight other movies prior to anything to understand what the hell's going on at this point. But but I wanted Apparently to see. Apparently, he goes back in the past, and he goes to the past timeline where Michael Keaton is Batman. So I guess like different people are Batman. Like there's, I don't know, I don't get it either. Is that what they or did? Or he's like in a different oh multiverse or whatever. So he's in whatever multiverse or whatever where Michael Keaton is the Batman and not Ben Affleck. Oh, that's what they did like with uh, the Spider Verse into yeah, the Spider Verse. Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard that. I heard good things about that one though. That one was. 
pretty good. I heard a lot of great things about that. That has shocked people, and it was quality storytelling. But here you go, listen to this. Strangely, the, uh, oh, wait, wait, why would leftists target something as frivolous as comic book heroes? Because pop culture is first and foremost a playground where children grow up, and by rewriting heroes as social justice crusaders and communists, they hope to indoctrinate the next generation. However, one hero, one hero figure in particular, is seen as so egregious and so triggering that leftists want him memory hold altogether, the Punisher. Yeah, because he kills pedophiles, rapists, and, you know, bad people. The Punisher character, Frank Castle, originally created by writer Jerry Conway in 1974 with artists Ross Andrew and John Romita, was a product of a chaotic era, a reaction to the rise of war, stagflation, instability, and exploding crime rates in the U.S. The Punisher story is a tragedy of a returning military veteran whose family is killed during what seems to be a gangland hit. With federal agencies doing little to arrest the perpetrators, Castle takes matters into his own hands and begins systematically assassinating the criminals. Um, I, I still think that... Um, that uh, the 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 Punisher that Netflix did was incredible, along with Daredevil. It was good, yeah. And I like the uh, I like the original Punisher, the Dolph Lundgren, but the Thomas Jane one, I think he was good as the Punisher. The concept of a, a concept of citizen crime stopping and vigilanteism was becoming popular in the cultural zeitgeist in the 1970s, with many people living in metropolitan areas dealing with increasing criminal violence and unreliable government protection. City governments in places like New York were actively restricting gun rights for law-abiding people, which only made things easier for criminals. The same exact conditions are returning to the U.S. today, and debate is boiling once again on vigilantes. Just look at the media fury over Kyle Rittenhouse or Daniel Penny, who they just indicted. The mainstream left is adamantly opposed to any form of civilian intervention, unless it's Antifa or BLM, of course, while also being adamantly opposed to any intervention by police. In other words, they want to let criminals run wild and then threaten to prosecute anyone who dares to do anything about it. The Punisher is an icon that has been highly popular among conservatives, military, veterans, and law enforcement officers in recent years. The trademark skull symbol can be found everywhere with patches, gear, flags, sporting the image, often as a representation of citizens taking matters into their own hands. The symbol is also seen in the January 6th protests. Uh, this has made leftists and Marvel Comics livid. They first attempted to make fundamental changes to the character, including a redesign of the popular skull symbol, as because they, they they couldn't take it that it's uh, they couldn't they couldn't take it. Well, I think I know what the next tattoo is. I'm gonna get then, <laughs> as well as taking away his guns and giving him swords in 2021. Uh, and then the year after that, they're gonna give him fucking bow staffs like they did to fucking Leonardo and the Ninja Turtles. Didn't they do that? They gave him collie sticks. Didn't they? Didn't they switch it up? Well, I know what they did with, with Leonardo, at least in the movies. By the second movie, I don't think he ever even draws his swords. Or that's what it is. Yeah, okay. That it, might be it. He's, he's doing And if he does hit them, he hits them. He, it turns it around, and he hits them with the blunt end of the sword. I believe so. I believe so. He was, he was practicing his ninja, but I, I remember that in that movie, he never drew his swords. Yeah, he was the most ferocious of them, too. Yeah, I mean, you really, all you really needed was Leonardo. Yeah, him and Raphael were ferocious. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you needed. They're all no joke, though. They're all, they're all good. Who's your favorite? Who'd you go to? I mean, Michelangelo. 
Mine was Raph. You liked Raph? I like Michelangelo and then Leonardo. I really like. You remember the the life size turtles? Well, they weren't life size, the but pillows, they were. About, yeah, they were used two, to wrestle with them. Two and a half. Well, the, we had the pillows, but there was the the two and a half foot tall plastics, the plastic ones. I don't remember those. I remember the big wrestling toys back in the day, like before they started making them small, like the big ones. We had the plastic ones. They're about two and a half feet tall. But I love them because all of their weapons were almost big enough for us to use comfortably. Like when I was younger, I could take the size from from Raphael, and it would it would look. Well. Then again, when we would go to playgrounds and stuff like that, and we were all pretending to be Ninja Turtles, the first thing I would do when I get to a playground is I would dig <laughs> I would dig through the sand to find used, discarded popsicle sticks, and I would use the popsicle sticks as size. Even though you know these are things that other children were just sucking on not too long ago, but they were all dry. I never picked up a, a soggy one, but the popsicle sticks those were our size. We went for them immediately. But Michelangelo, that was amazing to be able to have uh, to be able to have uh, the 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 nunchucks. Mm-hmm. You could get nunchucks at any summer carnival. Yeah, you know, I could use nunchucks a little bit. I can't. I would beat the shit out of myself. Uh. So they gave him swords. Where the hell is that? In 2021. Instead of fighting against criminal organizations, Frank Castle then joins with one, violating his fundamental code of ethics. They're going to make him a bad guy? They made him into one already. But this month, though, Marvel officially declared the Punisher persona non grata, eliminating the character as readers know him. Did he just go out in a blaze of glory? No. In typical woke fashion, Frank Castle is captured by progressive heroes, chained up, and for no, dude, you have you wait, you haven't even been outraged yet. He is captured by progressive heroes, chained up, and forced to go through a struggle session in which he is admonished as a murderer and a terrorist. Marvel even brings the Punisher's wife back from the dead, only so that she can divorce him and take his money and property, and then inform him that his lifelong crusade against the criminal underworld was all for nothing. Look at this. Here she is. She said, that means I can finally finish what I was trying to tell you that day in the park. We are done, Frank. I want a divorce. And since technically I'm still dead, I've already got it. So the day that she was killed, the day that, that, this, that, that this beloved character, albeit an abrasive one, was given his mission, was the day that his wife was intending to say, I want a divorce. I mean, they, make, they take everybody and they break them into, they just, they always divorce them, whether it be Han Solo, Indiana Jones, anybody else, they divorce them, they break them. Here, look, she continues. With some help from Natasha, I've taken the liberty of dividing your assets. I've sold your safe houses and all their contents. The real estate alone fetched quite the price. I have my half in cash in several duffel bags sitting in my new car. Just torturing and torturing the torturing. Folks, the there's going to be a new Punisher comic coming out. And the first victim's going to be his ex-wife. <laughs> That's it. Punisher comes back and the first person he kills is his wife. They have put him in a position where he now has to kill his wife. And all these other people, all these other progressives. I just, um... 
So does that mean the they character- completely killed it? Like all likenesses of him? Oh, like no, that's no. it? The Punisher's dead? Are they selling Punisher hats or anything? Because if I don't- not, someone should buy the rights to it. That's not going to happen. What they'll do is they'll sit on it because they'll still have the, the, the royalties and all that stuff from from older editions. So they love the money for the classics, but they want to make sure that they can sit on it going forward, that they can serve cease and desists, all that stuff. That's not the... I guess the, the more final point here is that the character then dies from an apparent suicide, but the story is left open to his return not just as a gun-toting hero people know and love. So uh, they it seems like he's been he's killed. He's the Punisher. He's going to come. What the fuck's he supposed to do? Maybe he's going to come back as the rehabilitator. Maybe he's going to be the social the social worker. The, social worker. the, the Punisher is going to be called the social worker because, you know, they say whenever there's a crime, you should call a social worker and not a cop. That's it. The Punisher is going to be called the social. We should. That's what we should do. We should start a comic book called The Social Worker. We should create an icon that is obviously a wink and a nod to the Punisher's skull. And it should be a, com- a complete laugh riot at liberal orthodoxy and how it always fails in real-life situations. <laughs> my. Liberal orthodoxy. Oh, my gosh. So they're, um, they've, done an- they've done it to another one, everybody. They've done it to another one. Um, let's see here. Yeah, that's all I got for you on that one. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to open up the lines. It's 747. I want to hear from you guys, and uh, I don't know. There's got to be something on your minds. I have so many of your, of your, um, your thoughts that have been submitted to the show from over the week. Here's one I want to uh, send out to you. Now, the other night we had a caller from the show. I think it was uh, Sean who said he's back in the in the uh, the campaign the campaigning game. He's he's helping out one campaign or another, and he's out there doing some stuff in Iowa. And he was flabbergasted by how many trans flags he saw outside of Iowan farms. Well, I got a couple people from Iowa get in touch with me. Here's one. This is from uh, this is from Jacob, and Jacob says, "Frank, I have lived in Texas or Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, in my entire life. Your call-in guest is lying about there being all these flags at farms. There are as many USA flags as there are Pride flags in the city. I personally never see trans people. Not aware of any agenda that is taking hold here." I work in ophthalmology and love your show. Thank you, Frank. Just had to reach out. There's a couple others that say there, too, that I haven't seen too many trans flags. But uh, if there are just as many USA flags as there are pride flags in the city, that's not good. I mean, you'd hope that there'd be more flag USA than... They fucking <laughs> revere that flag. Yeah. <laughs> and they make fun of us for, like, oh, it's just a flag. Right? Like the Obviously flag it's not. It's just a flag. It's just a flag. It's obvious that it's not just a flag because it's uh, it's everything that they do. 914-200-0269. Here's one that came in from Jay from Sweden. It says, Frank, we talked a lot about generational nihilism this week. Uh, we talked a lot about generations in general. Uh, we, had, um, we had a good time with it. But Jay from Sweden says, Frank, I'm Gen X. I'm pretty tired of the blame game. We have all been lied to, all of us, in our quest to better freedom, not killing not killing people or whatever, whatnot, giving people more equal value or whatever. 
We allowed experimentation to expand those new concepts. What we were all blind to was the evil taking advantage of these things. No generation should be blamed because we all come from a different mentality in history. We all just need to coalesce about what we all know now. And I agree. I agree. I think that uh, I think like, like John Doyle, that was a wonderful guest. It was great to hang out with him again. I can't wait to do it again. I think he was a little harsh on the boomers, but he tried to disclaim his um, his thought, dis- put disclaimers out there, not broad stroke too much. Um, but he wasn't totally off base. And when I, I bring these topics up about how different generations are either progressing or regressing, it's always for the reasons that uh, in explaining and showing how people, human beings are all susceptible to the same things. And this is an ongoing generation and it really ramped up around that immediate post-World War II era. All right, let's take a call from uh, Lucas. What's going on, Lucas? Lucas. Hello? Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. Let's, uh, let's turn off the show. Turn off the show. Okay, I turned it off. Okay, am I on speakerphone, Lucas? <clears throat> you are. Okay. Right there, you're on my earpiece. Okay, well, that sounds really terrible. Can you take me off of that and just go right to the regular? Uh, it just You sound very distant. Okay, I can try. Let's see here. You, you know what, Lucas? Never mind. Just let me know what's on your mind. I think we can do do well enough with what we have. Well, you don't sound like Frank. I know, I know. It's a big disappointment. But what's on your mind tonight? Well, I don't know. I just wanted to... I thought it would be cool to call in and talk to Frank, but... Uh, it, it is... I, Luke, day. Lucas, I promise you it's me. This is Frank. <laughs> I promise you. It's, I promise you it's me. Well, the other day when you... Uh, said they were singing happy birthday to somebody it was donald trump they were singing happy birthday to yes 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 and i remember the the, the day after that i think his birthday was the next day and that's when i wished him a happy yeah. birthday yeah i wish him a happy birthday myself yeah. and i'm a little curious i miss tracy beans all week long i've been trying to get tracy beans and frank could not i really missed the show well, Lucas, we'll be back. I'm, I, I'm sure next week. She was on vacation, uh, and so that's, that's, that's it. So I, I hope that you're, uh, you're, you get everything you want next week, Lucas. And thank you for the call. So that's that. It is me, is number she's one. Okay. I think she's, I think she's fine. I think she is okay. He disappears from time to time, and then makes us wonder. Well, wonder no more. Thank you for the call, Lucas. Hey, you have a great day. You too. Oh, and hey, wait a minute. How did you know my name was Lucas? I'm psychic. You got to be better than that. Uh, I have a caller ID. I have a caller caller ID. It's not magic, Lucas. I haven't seen real magic. I, I didn't realize that my cell phone just told everybody who I called who I was. That's the way. You, you have to uh, 
If you're if you're living in the modern world, you have to imagine everybody knows everything, Lucas. Thank you for the call. That there are no secrets and and move forward from there. All right, let's see what we got next. Hello, five five one, you're on the air. So show off, speakerphone off, and let me know what you got. Frank, what's going on, buddy? This is not Lucas. This is Frank from New Jersey. Oh, it's great to ha- it's great to have you on, Frank. Good to have you on. Hey, Frank, when you were on with Mel K last week, week and a half ago, what you guys didn't mention when you were talking about New York City being captured by uh, Chinese mm-hmm. was that there's there's a Chinese statue now um, of a dragon on, what is that called, United Nations. I don't know. You guys didn't mention that at all. Maybe you didn't see it or didn't realize it, didn't, didn't talk about it at all. Wait. But there is a new statue, and it's demonic. Uh, you got to take a look at this. I, I think it that was, we... Hold on, hold on. The the UN. You're talking about the winged. It's a yes, win- yes. So when you guys were talking about China being uh, New York City being captured by China, uh, a captured operation, that's kind of like them putting their stamp on it right in front of our face. Yeah, I don't know if it's Chinese. Uh, let's see. The veteran, the, the UN just unveiled a new statue, and it sure resembles it a biblical demon from Revelation. This, this is the one we were talking about. There's a lot of strange yeah. imagery down there in in um, in the city. You know the that strange uh, demon, golden god kind of a uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing that popped up. <laughs> it's it's a bus that was on top of the courthouse. Then you got this. Yeah. The Arch of Palmyra comes through town every once in a while. Uh, they always do strange things in Central Park, but. I don't know if this is Chinese, but it is still very strange. It says um, it's here. It says it's been inspired by an ancient pagan Aztec culture. It's somewhat yeah, ironic. I find it strange that they put it in the United Nations right there, and and what you guys were talking about last week, um, it just all fits together. Yeah, you start realizing that there is there is foreign symbolism all around us, and you, you start. Then you start piecing together how long it's been there, and how much of our lives it was just uh, we're, we're just dealing with a a strange stage play, and it's getting a little bit more we- it's getting weirder and weirder, especially at the UN. That whole damn building looks like a hard drive. It needs to go. That's where they should turn. That's where they should turn all the homeless the homeless people over to. You should put all the homeless Absolutely. people into the UN building. Anyway, well, uh, thanks. I appreciate it. No problem, Frank. It's great to hear from you. Yep, take care, boss. All right, there you go. Yeah, that thing. There it is. That was a couple of years ago. Never surprises me. Never surprises. Let's see. Frank, this one is from Stephanie. Said, uh, Frank, I just wanted to add on to the kudos to you. We appreciate you so much. The realistic, and, the realistic voice in the dark. Um... I enjoy all the guests to include John Doyle. We really love your show. And by the way, there has always been gay bars in Iowa. Love to you and your family, Stephanie. So, just in case you thought that Iowa was just going gay. 314. Where, where are the bars? <laughs> hey, Frank. 314, welcome to the show. Thank you, Patrick, again. Listen. Yes. Uh, I just want to... Uh, I just give you an opinion what I think about that Trump charge, trumped up charge. Anyway, I think he's kind of playing 5D chess 
everything's going to bounce off him, but everything that they're charging him with, it doesn't matter what court, is going to be thrown out by the uh, by the Supreme Court. But it's still going to set a precedent where he can actually come back, get the normies used to this shit happening to ex-presidents, and he's going to bring them all down with all their fucking hiding their files, right? So I think that's one thing. And the other thing is... Uh, if I, if I, if the CSA, uh, you're talking about social worker comic book? Yeah. And the sidekick is the CSA in Canada. And it's happened. I've seen it. I've seen a guy drive his car and start a fire and burn up the CSA in Windsor, Ontario, right across the Detroit River from Detroit when I was living in Windsor. So Canadians are on, on, on the same board, man. That's fucking... It is what it is. Well, that's all I want to say. Thank you, guys. I appreciate I appreciate that, Patrick. Thank you so much. Um, you know what it could be is they could be doing this to Trump so that when he gets off or whatever, and when he wins again, he can't turn around or whoever and do it to Hillary. Can't like or whatever take them to court for it. You know what I mean? Like it'll. No, it, that, 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 it's not the, that's not the case here, because when you talk about this Presidential Records Act and, and, and what presidential authority, the, the kind of autonomy that the president has when it comes to all this, these documents and, and uh, especially their own personal records, you're talking about protections that someone like Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden never had, ever had. So even even if Donald Trump is rightly is rightly uh, you know well, Biden has it now because he was president. That, yeah, well that that's not retroactive. Okay, that's not retroactive. I mean, it's so much of that stuff he got not only during his vice presidency <coughs> but during his time as a senator. I, I mean, this is uh, and, and the fact that it was all moving through different uh, offices. And, yeah, yeah, it's 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 totally different things. To equate them is to is to, I don't know, commit a giant fallacy. All right, we'll be right back. It's the halfway point when we come back. More of your calls, more of your super chats, more of your... There's some great emails here I can't wait to read through. And uh, and we make our way into the weekend. So don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, intermission. Quite frankly. 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 Qu
Matt saying things. I have, I have a <laughs> what? I have an important announcement. <laughs> you have an important announcement? Yeah. What is it's, it? It's very, it's very serious. Actually, I'm not joking around at all. What is it? I know we joke around about it all the time, but I, I'm really gay. I'm coming out on Pride night. That's gay. Wow. Very gay. <laughs> I, I just... Your courage is... It, I What I just did was the bravest thing anyone's ever had to do. Ever. It's, it's the bravest thing I've ever had to do in my life. I just... Uh, thank you for doing that with all of us. Thank you for accepting my condition. <laughs> Several people in the... In the Gilded have just come out, too. Several people in there. Uh, one person just said, I'm gay, no homo. <laughs> as long as you say no homo. Then <laughs> it's not, then you know there's, there's, it's just, you know, we're just having a good time. All right, so let's have a, a moment to look through our super chats. What's going on with these super chats? Quite frankly, superchat.com. We're going to go to the Rumble Rants and the Gold Pills. And then the calls are really coming in. Look at these calls. Damn. Stostube says, evening, Frank and Matt. Good old Friday chill session. This is Frank and Matt, correct? Quite Friday, frankly, show, is it? Ha, huh, sorry. Wise-ass Stostube 101 in session. <laughs> Have a great weekend, gents, and here's a little token of our appreciation. Well, happy Father's Day to Christos. Happy Father's Day over there, and hope you have a great one. Caulkmaster Red says, did you... <laughs> Uh, did you hear that Rob had ceviche at the cabana after tennis in Miami? He watches Fleckus on Friday. That's what that means. What does that mean? <clears throat> that means that they had ceviche after tennis. What does that mean? That they Is had it, a nice day of tennis, and then afterwards they went and they had some ceviche. That, wait, that's all Fleckus? That's a Fleckus for... Uh, I'm lost. I'm totally lost. Uh, Cabana after tennis in Miami. <laughs> what the hell? What are you laughing? Do you understand what this is about? That's it. Okay. So I, I, that's interesting then. Thank you so much for that. Caulkmaster Red. I will be. Now, this is like the Voynich manuscript to me. I'm going to <laughs> I have to go figure it out. Find the cipher. You got it. Tell. You should text Fleckish yourself and be like, yo, dude. Tell him. Tell him what? That exact line. Did you hear that Rob had ceviche at the cabana after tennis in Miami? That's what I have to text Fleckus right now? <laughs> yeah. Let's, I wonder if he... 
if he'll even respond to me. <laughs> he might respond to that. Hey Siri, text Fleckus. <laughs> what do you want to say to Fleckus? Did you hear that Rob had ceviche at the cabana after tennis in Miami? Question mark. It says, did you hear that Rob had ceviche at the cabana after tennis in Miami? Send it? Yes. <laughs> okay, it's been done. If he responds to this, this is gonna be the first thing I get back from him since like last Easter. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, I like Fleckus. He's a good guy. Him and Richard Rapoy—they make me laugh. They are good guys. Let's see here. Uber Viking says, "FYI, I am Norwegian and Swedish. Forty-four double D. Vikings don't wear horns. Damn." Damn, Uber. They, while they were traveling, you know, invading, they needed milk. They needed fresh milk, so they stored extra milk. Because just like when we pee and our balls deflate, when they expunge the milk, they're... They're like camels. <laughs> and they have to stop and drink more water. Yeah. See, when, when the Viking armies would, would march and go to places to go off and fight... Instead of having the water boy come around, they would just <laughs> suckle. <laughs> two at once. Yeah. You have to feed the men, too, ladies. Yeah. Uper Viking says, hey, Frank and Matt, you get one chance to go either forward or backward in time for a day. Which do you choose and for what reason? To witness something, to prevent something, maybe save a loved one personally. I'm conflicted. Happy Dad's Day to all. Easy for me. I'm going back. I'm standing right next to George Washington over at Yorktown. But you see, all you do there is run the risk of dying, not to change the outcome. The outcome is what we wanted. Those, I wouldn't die. What? I would be next, I would stand right next to George Washington. The bullets would fucking whiz right over me because of his fucking shield then, that he had from God. Then why don't you go to... Why don't you go back to, like, uh, 1797, when you can stand next to George and save Wa him from dying? From the moment? Oh, well, that's, that's, that's in, that's like in 1800 he died, right? Yeah. Maybe 1799. Well, one way or another, you'd be <clears throat> able to probably get uh, 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 an audience with him. You'd be able to see him, and you wouldn't have bullets flying over your heads. I... I would want to because it'd be like I would be in the history books. I'd be like, there's another brave gentleman standing next to George Washington, the mysterious man, unwavered. You know, the thing with this for me is, of course, there's always loved ones that I would love to save. I would love to give them some information, um, if if it could if it can help them or you know whatever. I, of course, there's always something that you wish you could prevent. Then there's other things like going, you know, I I would be more of a, if you can go back in time and witness something, but to, I would be, a, you couldn't, you can't do anything. If we're going to talk about the ripple effect, that butterfly effect, you you literally can't do anything without, screw, think about this. Think yeah, about, you're right. I'd probably just want to go and invade uh, Omaha Beach. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. High probability uh, <laughs> that I'm not going to change anything. That's it. You're not going to change anything, and you probably you, good good chance you'll be dead. But <coughs> again, if you went back to I don't know, you want to go visit Kansas City, 1937, and you walk into a candy store somewhere, 
and you're sitting online in a candy store because you just want to buy yourself a nice 1937 candy wrapper treat. Real candy, when it was real candy. You being on that line puts the people behind you maybe three or four minutes behind in the schedule that they should have been on. It could save a life. It could fucking ruin a life. life. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. just, I mean, you're talking about. It's not even historic figures. It's the little people who create traffic jams, or the little people who do all this other stuff that that creates all the circumstances for the world that we live in right now. So, when I think of situations, hypothetical ones, where I am, I'm going to be able to do some time travel tourism. Always have to say the disclaimer is that there's no butterfly effect that we can do whatever, dip in, dip out, and maybe things go back to the way they were. I don't know. I would love to be able to go see a Yankee game, a Yankee game Murderers in like ni- row. 1927, a Yankee game in 1927. You know that there are tons of games back there where people knew that the <clears throat> team was good, but it wouldn't be for another hundred years before you realize how legendary they were. There's plenty of games where the 1927 Yankees probably had 10,000 seats open to be sat in anywhere. You could probably... I I mean, that's just... And then just spend the rest of the day in 1927 New York? That would be cool. So... You wouldn't have to worry about getting knocked out from behind. Yeah, there's no knockout game. (laughs) Um... So... what, What would you guys do baseball games that makes me think of something I would love to witness historic events I would love to I would witness battles from far away you know they a lot of people a lot of people would do that during the Civil War just set up picnics at least at least at the beginning the Battle of Thermopylae would be pretty cool to see too Dan the man Schumann says hey Frank great work great work here's a saying from my awesome dad who passed away on January 1st 2009 onward and upward forever forward this is my wish for you Frank keep on keeping on Dan thank you for thank you for sharing that piece of your father with us tonight and just thank you for being uh, so good to the show like so many other people out there you you definitely stand out after all these years and uh, bottomless well of generosity thank you erica barica says frank thanks so much to you and matt for the happy anniversary wish last friday my hubby mark requested i listened to it five times in a row dying laughing about the decades and again (laughs) y'all knocked it out of the park and made my day mark you rock baby there you go that's what i like to hear that's 10 years that 10 years that was their 10 year anniversary i remember that okay let's go to some Anything going on on Rumble? I hope I didn't miss any rants. Damn it. Okay, here we go. Eve for America said, I had a dream I need to share. Working up the courage. Love the show. Follow me on Twitter, Frank. Well, get into that dream forum, <coughs> that thread, and or email it to me. Thank you so much for the, for the generous Rumble rant, though. Valsky says, my eyes might be old, but why do all the K's look like H's in your intermission scroll? Peace and love from Valsky. I don't know. Is that is that the case? I didn't I never noticed. Cave Toad says it's official. Franciscans are gay. No. Matt 
Uh, JDog28 says, that was so brave of you, Matt. I think I love you. See, Matt? Your bravery has inspired people. Inspiring people to come out on Pride Night. <laughs> Tonight is, you know who got in touch with me? Um, while I was talking to Father Tom from around, hold on, Fleckus just got in touch with me. <laughs> okay, it's true. He just, he, oh, wow. What'd he say? Well, look. He says, my favorite recurring joke. <laughs> and then he said, sorry, I've been MIA, dog. Been tuning in every week or so. Love the show still. Well, oh, I wonder if he knows me. He probably. Uh, you've been on with him. Oh, yeah, that's right. You've been on with him quite a few times. I love that dude, man. All right, we'll, we'll get it. I'll, I'll say Friday, this. that's it. It's Fleckus, and then I come to Quite Frankly. It was Fleckus. But I watch him while I work because I like, you know, it keeps me. We, we developed that Fleckus Friday bit. It was uh, it was really great. We'll see what we can do. Um, well, that's awesome that he got back to me. Hmm. <clears throat> well, what do you know? Yeah. Yeah. You should. He's got a nice little show. I like his show. His little podcast. It's a little bit bigger than little. He's well, got, you know what I mean. Yeah. No, he does very does very well, and he's he's got an, a social media operation. I wish I I could mimic. We definitely make enough uh, enough material, but I mean. He's he must have like a team of video editors. I've I've got to try to find a way to to pull something together, and um, because we have more than enough material to do that. Still, here's the one. You remember we were talking about strange, strange languages. Well, True Patriot got in touch with me. Do you do you have any bizarre languages or obscure languages that you speak? True Patriot got in touch with me and says, Frank, this kind of goes along with your subject of Gibsonton, Gibsonton, Florida, where all the carnies live. We were, we were doing that. Small hands. Yeah. It's called Gibtown. Well, True Patriot says, circuses and carnivals used to <clears throat> run together until an argument over peanuts. And who had the right to sell them? The carnies or the circus? As a result, they parted ways and you'll never find a peanut vendor in a carnival. Did you know that? No, no, they could have just, you know, made an agreement like, you know, one side will sell peanuts, peanuts, and then the other one will sell those little circus peanuts, you know, those like uh, candy ones? Circus peanuts, yes. Yeah. There you have it. Uh, Gibtown, he says, Gibtown is a retirement community for carnies and circus performers and is primarily run by ex-carnies and circus performers. Everything from city council to police department, uh, from... Uh, I spec, I spec Ziki Kizarni. I speziki Kizarni. Oh, that's their language. They have their own language. The language of the carnies, it's kind of like a form of pig Latin. If you remember, I think it was Snoop Dogg and other and the other song Dizubble Dizam, he was using Kizarni. Uh, take almost any word and say the first syllable, insert a Z and finish out the word. Uh, there's other universal words such as Doniker for bathroom. Doniker. Excuse me, can you direct me to the Doniker? Uh, Mark for a sucker. A sucker with money. Well, That's, we know Mark. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, Rube for Carney needs help. <clears throat> a jag is a cop. A patch is a cop on the take or a fixer of beefs. An argument between a carny and a mark and several others. A patch. 
Uh, there's even a secret denomination for money. A single is a one. Finn is a five. A sawbuck is a ten. Do you have a sawbuck I can borrow? It's a ten. A double is a twenty. A half yard is a fifty. And a yard note is a one hundred. So this is all carny speak, apparently. Indeed. It's very intellectual. Here's another one for you. Here's another one. We did a little bit about this. Um, I had some wonderful calls about uh, this week about being able to... Well, we had one caller. We had um, we had uh, Aaron from TruthQuest call in and say, I have a special talent that I have been able to look at the missing people on milk cartons and missing people reports and all that other stuff and know if a person is alive or dead. And I said, how the... How do you know that? You need to have some confirmation to know what your record is. Well, I got a email from a woman named Karen. Karen's a longtime viewer of the show. And she said, Frank, I can tell if people are dead or alive when I hear people on the news. I sometimes can even tell where they are. I said, well, do you have any stories to substantiate this and to give you some understanding of how accurate? And she said, I have a few. A little boy got kidnapped. I seen him in a in a big black car, like a Cadillac. I called the police to let them know. I also could describe the driver. When I told the police, they acted like I might be involved because I knew so much. Well, they caught the guy, a doctor, in a Cadillac. Thank goodness he let the police know. He was alone. The little boy was unharmed. The doctor went to prison for previous crimes. Also, when Susan Smith was saying her kids were kidnapped, I was at work the next day and had a vision like I was in a backseat of, uh, of a car underwater. I thought, what is this? And the kids popped in my mind and I jumped up and said loudly, oh no, she drowned the kids. The car is underwater. And sure enough, they found the car in the lake and she's in prison. Then a friend of mine disappeared. I dreamed I flew over him in a field and he was dead. I called to let them know my dream. And the next day they found him in that field. So I mean, there's, there's a couple of things that make you think that, uh, wow, maybe there is a little something to this. And again, where is the source of that knowledge? What is the source of that knowledge? I mean, it's something else that where I have all these questions when we talk about reincarnation, when that pops up again and how children, five-year-old children can have vivid memories of past lives. I had someone say, well, it's the devil tricking them. I said, why would you trick a child with a, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand Child's it. closer to the Lord than it is to the devil. Well, my, my, uh, my, my question is how much residual how many things that we do, the things that we say, the things that we feel, do they leave behind some kind of a resonance? Yeah, is, that's what the baptism's for. But, no, I'm saying, are, as we speak here, are we leaving a record of what we're saying in the ether? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I got my books like this big, bro. <laughs> Could be. I mean, maybe. How would you describe that other than it being real? There's got to be something else at play. Let's take some calls. 914-200-0269. 914-200-0269. Cave Toad says, Matt, have you ever run across smoke detectors beeping in a client's apartment? You ever yeah. hear chirping? Yeah. Why? I, I don't know. That's been driving a lot of people crazy lately, I, th I think. 
Patriot Amanda says, Happy Father's Day, Frank. Sending love from Rockland County. So nice to get a local out there. Oh, yeah. You should go to the 76 house. Tell them we sent you. Amanda, meet us at the 76 house. We're going to have some venison. Mm. It's delicious. Jay Semo says, You guys are the best. Jay, it's great to finish off the weeks with you, with Matt. For as long as he can show up, I'm always appreciative when Matt comes and hangs out. And, um, and I know that you guys are too. It's good to start traditions and to, to stick with them a little bit. Here is a call from Aubrey. What's going on, Aubrey? Hi, Frank. This is actually Johnny Q. Johnny Q? That's correct. Okay, well, welcome to the show, Johnny Q. I'm sorry I doxed you, but I don't know what else to do over here. No, you're you're good. You're all right. Anyways, I just wanted to call in and kind of talk about some of the supernatural uh, essences, what you're getting into. I know you did a show, I think, earlier in the week with uh, Tim Gordon on the line, and you were talking about supernatural beings or the uh, existence of the afterlife and where it exists. Is it a place or is it a state of mind? Is it a consciousness that we all kind yes? Of does does heaven does heaven like have happened? does heaven have locality? Yeah. Yeah, the locality. Yeah. And I would generally agree with this. I would generally agree that uh, heaven is a place, hell is a place. Uh, you can tell this in uh, Revelation. They make uh, several references to uh, Abraham's bosom as well as the uh, prayers of the elders being lifted up to the uh, saints in heaven and to the uh, throne of God, essentially. So I think there is a tangible actual physical place but we can't see it within this within this life now uh, you just mentioned a couple of minutes ago that there was this sort of like uh this child that had um seen things or remembered things from a previous past life and sort of that echoed through uh a new life well i find it to be interesting because i've looked into some of the paranormal exorcisms and paranormal investigations that they talk about this phenomenon of essentially ghosts or spirits who are trapped within our world, if you want to call it, who are in this sort of limbo or purgatory, and they echo this sentiment or they echo a thought that they've had in life, but it just stays on repeat, and they're not finding their way back. And so ultimately it's a way for them to find their uh, calling back into the afterlife to finally put them at ease because they might have experienced some sort of uh, significant trauma or some significant uh, death, like murder or rape. So then through, so, so then through the, done to them. so then by being left behind or stuck in some kind of in between there, uh, is that a an open door for them to what possess a young child or to influence a young? I mean, the, the whole point here was that the child was speaking as if this was his memories, his World War II bomber pilot, and um, and and he's he's talking names and play, and it wasn't very. I mean, out, outside of all this stuff coming out of a small child, it, it didn't seem very demonic. It's just uh, yeah. incredible, you know, like what? Where, I, where? I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it would be demonic. I would find that to be interesting, though. I mean, obviously. We know stories of children who are close to the supernatural and have had experiences who have had close encounters with the angelic. So I'm not exactly sure, I'm not 100% certain, but I wouldn't say it's demonic, although I would say there could be some supernatural uh, divine blessing that's given to them. We know that there's a whole bunch of families all throughout church history 
have been given a significance, including children as well. And I'm sure you're familiar with Padre Pio being given the stigmata as well as other visions of reading people's souls in, in the confessional booth and things like this. It wouldn't surprise me uh, if children are kind of given some spiritual gifts and they just don't know to, how to hone it in or how to describe it because, of course, they're very early in their age. But it's just something to kind of look into, I guess. I, You know, and it's something that I'm going to keep in mind as a question to toss. There's, there are certain questions that I love bouncing off of multiple guests to be able to see where they are on a, on a thing. Uh, there's already a couple of questions that I want to pose to Reverend Bill Bean when he comes in. He's going to be in studio on July 20th. Um, he is a, uh, he's an exorcist. So right. I, have a, I have a bunch of questions for him. Um, I definitely want to interview a Catholic exorcist because I'm interested in the Roman rite. And, but, but this is just that line of work. Yeah. I, I can't wait for all this type of – to ask these questions well, of different people. Yeah, but before I go, I just want to recommend you, since you mentioned the Roman Rite, Exorcist Priest, I would recommend trying to get a hold of Father Chad Ridberger. Uh But with that, I'll just leave it to it. Uh, God bless both you and Matt. Thank you. Thank you. You have a good night. Yeah, I mean, Ripperger, uh, Father Ripperger is um, – he's obviously one of the more – one of the more uh, – popular out there everybody has his ear he is a regular on taylor marshall's show so when i see that going on i don't really my heart doesn't say get this guy on the show i want to find someone like him that is a little bit less well known has a good personality and and that we can take from the beginning of their story out on i mean you once you get into a position like father ripperger where you are you're doing all sorts of media and he's a, he's wonderful to listen to I feel funny taking that person back to the beginning and doing all the basics where you can hear these conversations all over the, all over again. I, I want to do something. I want to hit the reset button, have somebody in here and do something a little bit more uh, intimate. So um, that's the, just the way I approach looking for guests like that. Uh, so that's, that's it. But you know what? With that in mind, I want to play. Let's see here. You know what? L listen to this, Matt. This is a uh, this is a, an email I got from Father Tom, a friend of mine around here. He was listening the other night when I asked the question about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold, we were talking about generational nihilism. That was the first night when we heard Arnold Schwarzenegger say that you know heaven's a fantasy and anybody who tells you otherwise is a liar and all. And, and he just sounded like really depressing and okay, Nazi. Well, literal. Well, he, we were talking about denialism, but that was also the show that we, we started discussing whether or not he, uh, heaven had locality, that you can actually find it. And that was the night that we played that clip from Timothy Gordon, and um, I, I guess this must have inspired Father Tom to, to write in and listen to this. He said, there's two parts to the question. First, the Terminator nihilism. The problem of evil has always been there always been there putting doubts in our heads about God and his goodness I'll put this over here because the calls are blocking it about God and his goodness but we've defined evil down evil in part is the result of the devil or the or of the evil decisions people make or sometimes decisions people uh, thought were good but resulted in unforeseen consequences 
Aristotle would say that for someone to get sick and die is not particularly tragic. That's just life. It may be sad, and certainly we feel it when a loved one or ourselves experiences pain, but it's a given condition of life on Earth. I don't know that it started with boomers, but Western society has adopted a zero pain threshold. God can't exist because he wouldn't have allowed pain of any kind into our lives. The fact that God has an end point and seemingly random acts of evil um, happen is proof that there is no God or afterlife. Um, all pain is to be avoided, all pleasure is to be maximized. Since there is not firm belief in an afterlife, the preservation of this one is all important. Since the highest good is pleasure and comfort, why not end life when things get tough? There is no sense of redemptive suffering because there is no sin to be redeemed from or uh, from or God to judge me. I also think a lot about um, about these Hollywood people in particular. I think that they need to justify their life choices. I'm not speaking of Arnold in particular, but many do or have lived degenerate lives. And I'm not just talking sexually, though it's not a small part of it. There is also a lot of backstabbing, stealing, lying, and overall com compromising of morals that go on to make it in show business. The choice is either repent or keep on uh, convincing yourself that selling your soul was worth it. Now as for heaven, I do not believe it is a physical locality at the present time. So it sounds like he's on the same page as Timothy Gordon who said that he believed um, that heaven, heaven and hell are going to become more physical during the uh, the second coming and when we get our bodies back he said in the in the creed we profess that god created all things visible earth and invisible heaven saint augustine wrote that the invisible does not refer to a place but to a heaven but to the heavenly creatures angels the account of the ascension from acts says that jesus was lifted up on a cloud the letter to the Hebrews speaks of Jesus passing through a veil into a heavenly tabernacle. I'm sure there's other passage, another passage I'm forgetting. I think that uh, it's in one of Peter's letters that he leans toward this idea of Jesus passing into what we would call another dimension. John's visions and revelations could be interpreted um, either way, I think. The resurrection accounts where Jesus is constantly appearing and disappearing and passing through walls makes me think that we're dealing with some kind of interdimensional travel. Fulton Sheen thought that Jesus passed into another dimension. To put it simply, my thought is close to one of your callers who talked about where your show uh, really is and not to eat oysters during the summer. Oh yeah, where my show is, how it exists in, in, in different places and different forms. To go back to Augustine, God, in a sense, is heaven, since God is everywhere. The, invis the invisible reality of angels and the blessed souls are joined with him. We cannot see it, but it is all around us. At times, God chooses to tear away the veil to show us what is hidden to our natural eyes. Apparitions of Jesus and the saints are not so much of our Lord or the Blessed Mother coming from heaven as God opening the veil for us. And here's a random note, Frank. Roy, raw, raw oysters. Horseradish, vodka, martini up, or an ice-cold beer. And also, thank you for ruining Baker Street for me. Oh, I'm sorry about that, Father. So, there's some interesting things. Let's take a, another quick break. Now, when we come back, 
calls of yours for the rest of the day, the rest of the way. BRB. There's no video of President Trump sucking a ding-dong. And so what if there was? That's a lot better than World War III, Owen. I never sucked any ding-dongs. But I'll tell you, if they were going to blackmail me to start World War III about one, I'd say, hey, I sucked a ball, golf ball through a freaking garden hose. Didn't you already tell Der Spiegel that? No, the son of a bitch walked in there in my own office when I had splattered stuff on myself and I was changing shirts. He goes, oh, that's a good shot. Let's get your shirts. And then he goes, I go, hey, have some of this chicken and sausage. So technically, I said, Jones offered me his sausage. Yeah, give me a break, you son of a bitch. I like women, not men. And if I like men, I'd be proud of it. I'd have a lot of them. But I ain't ever been in bed with no man. I've been in bed with probably 300 women. And you sons of bitches sit there and you play these games. And I'm sick of it. I love you yeah. yep. You're cool. What's up? I love QFTV. Yeah. Yep. You're cool. Uh, what's QFTV? Did you say what's QFTV? Miss, you're gonna need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right after, quite frankly. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely cool. Only on quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. Hey, you know that's illegal, right? What? A grown man holding a little boy's penis? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Got him. It's in the crate! I didn't have it out to begin with. Where is the crate? It's not in here. It's not in here. It should be in the crate! It's not in the crate! I just told you that! God damn it! She doesn't get her door! She's gonna flip out! Damn. It's not in here. You left it at the hotel. You go back and you get her busy me! Go to the hotel and get busy me! Run! Run! Go! Mommy's getting your toy. Don't you worry. No, we just had a little, we had a little discussion. Look at me. Look at me. Don't look at anybody else. Don't look at the fat ass losers or freaks. You look at me! I gotta watch that movie again. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm having a good time. Oh, you know the other thing that happened? Uh, Eric Hecker, Eric Hecker, the 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 whistleblower, the Antarctica whistleblower that just appeared with Stephen Greer for Disclosure 2.0. He was listening to last night's show with Brooks Agnew. And for a little while there, there was some, uh, he was pretty outraged at some of the things that Brooks was saying. So I said, well, Olsen, he's, you know, smooth that over. They got in touch with each other. They're on, you know, they, they got nice and friendly. And I think that they're going to be doing a show together. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I was more than willing to, to have them both on and, and, and go over all of our different types of questions and stuff. But uh, I, when I learn about when they get together, if it's not on this show, I'll definitely let everybody know where you can go and watch that because Brooks is going to have Eric Hecker on to 
ask questions and bounce things off of each other and um that's gonna be good it's not gonna be a debate it I, I think it'll be pretty interesting to see Brooks explore the topic a little bit more and it's cool to see us able to facilitate stuff like that just by having a show that's that's great I love that stuff Peppy Gypsy says, hi, Frank and Matt. As a Detroiter, I intently watched the Canadian Trucker Freedom Convoy and found these cats' war campaign who live-streamed the convoy in Ottawa. The um, They publish comic books with the Freedom theme. Really cool dudes. Bet you'd get along. I'd love to hear from them. I mean, this is the reason why I love what people at Flip City Magazine do, which you can find them on the affiliates page. There's a lot of work that goes into that to provide you a really high quality magazine, great interviews, great quality, great artwork. Um, it's like a, a, a new type of rebooted mad magazine, but they get, they get pretty uh, politically incorrect. It's a great thing to buy yourself and other people for all types of occasions. And I, I love when people do that, especially when it's in print. We cannot let go of print, physical ownership of things, especially information. We cannot rest on our digital laurels here. Can't do it. Always good to have drives and Faraday cages and things like that, but I mean, we need physical libraries. That's why I can't wait to get all the books out onto the shelves again. It's going to be great. Um, thank you, Pepe, for that. Larkstar, happy Father's Day to you from the Franklies, Franciscans, and other fantastic folks. Who love you and your work. Always amazing times together. Lark, that is so in incredibly kind of you, and I, I appreciate it. You're another one that I'll I'll remember for the rest of my life. Thank you. Over on Rumble. Boy, are you fat. Over on on Foxhole. Cave Toad. Thank you, Frank, for the forums promo. Cave Toad loves those forums, and he loves when I pro uh, I promote them because uh, people go in there, they start talking. Go and do it, everybody. Hang out with Cave Toad. Axapax says based soccer. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Sean Joe, Porpoiseful, Robert Sarns, Ohio Kimmy, Dragonfly27, grew up in AG, Utah. Given hormone milk on top of Norwegian roots, boobs for days. Hmm. One-tenth don't recommend. That's it. Uh, let's see. Cave Toad says, I quit the wrong week to quit smoking. And he put an EMP in the chat room, which just levels us with grat uh, gratitude. The gratitude is just leveling. Thank you so much. Thank you. Stowe Soup says, Happy Father's Day, Frank, and all the dads out there. And then a whole bunch of cans. There you go. Winston Dave says, not counting Donald J. Trump, who was the most recent statesman politician in U.S. history? The most recent statesman? Ronald Reagan. I wouldn't consider Donald Trump a statesman. Donald Trump is not a statesman. I think Ron Paul would have been, could, could be considered a, a statesman. You know, even Ron Paul's no Patrick Henry. Uh, the language has changed, the theatrics have changed, the oratory has changed. We've gone from eloquent speaking to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez flapping her chicken wings around like a, uh, like, a, like a monkey. I mean, just, just 
did the slapping, flapping, flapping. It's it's ridiculous. You think about the orator, the great orators of the past. Even if you don't like what they had to say, there's a certain kind of polish to everything. There was a uh, there's a certain flow and cadence to the to the vocabulary. Not anymore. Let's see, Winston Dave. Thank you, Captain Flint and Sean Joe. Thank you so much. We have another great weekend of programming on quitefrankly.tv. Let's take a call. Uh, 808, you're on the air. Hello, my dears. Is this Mrs. Is this Mrs. Doubt? Is this Mrs. Doubtfire? Yes. Actually, it's the amoeba. It's the amoeba? Living in Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> oh, got you. Well, it's great yes. to have you back. Yes, this is amoeba from Hawaii. Oh, wow. That's right. You know, it's funny because 808, 808, uh, I was, I searched that area code yesterday. I forget the reason why. And it should have rung a bell because, I mean, you only have one area code just for all the islands out there. It's 808. That's, that's Hawaii. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's all. So how, 808 state. <laughs> how are, uh, how are things out there? How are the views right now? What's the weather like? Oh, um, well, it's sunny and overcast, and it's a great day. It's it's beautiful. I'm I'm happy to hear it. Do you do you grow marijuana I'm in your so backyard? I'm talking to you. Do you grow marijuana in um, your backyard like Roseanne? Um, no, not currently. Okay. I'm I'm working on growing other things actually, like um, like a garden and it, trees and stuff. Have you been have, have you been successful at that? Is this something you do all the time or is this something you're just starting to do? No, it's an ongoing thing. I'm I'm constantly trying to grow more things. Oh my gosh, my heart is beating so fast. Well, okay, well for, forget about your <laughs> I, yeah. I have been listening to your show for about 4 years or so mm-hmm. about since the time Epstein murdered himself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when you catch my breath. Yeah. So, um, like, every so often, I'll take a break from your show, and then I'll miss it, and then I'll come back. And it's always such great topics. I love your guests. I love your friends that join you, Matt. <laughs> Thank you. I love everything about this show. Wow. And, um, yeah. Well, that's I'm great. I'm cleaning my room today, and... Um, listening to the show and I was like compelled to call because things kept popping out um, to me on your show especially this time like some somebody called in and they said I've been working up the courage and then like that just popped out to me so <laughs> so then uh, about the, like, well, well let me ask you this before we get before I get on to um, asking you what what actually what triggered you in the show aside from hearing other people working up the courage and I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to add but uh, with your gardening are you in a position right now where you have been able to measure the financial impact the relief I should say financial relief you've been able to give yourself by growing things and and eating things that you grow do you know how much money on average you're saving in groceries these days because of what you do with your gardening oh no it's not to scale it's like um it's like testing the waters some things grow really great out here like um lily koi which is like passion fruit i grow that 
a lot of it, but it's like only flowering and fruiting at certain times of the year. And so um, I just I just try to test things out and I'm going to be installing an aquaponics garden because oh. I have a big old pool that I just never use and it's, it gets moldy and algae. And so I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to take it down. I just want to transform it into some kind of fish pond or something so well, that's my next big project that's that sounds then, really uh, are you gonna eat the fish yeah nice probably sell some too you see so maybe about. like in another four years i'll have some better uh, budgeting and income well in. i would love to i would love to hear more about that um what, what about the what about the 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 year what can, what kind of seasons do you have um I never asked anybody from um, Hawaii about that. Is it just always paradise, or I mean, obviously there's storms and stuff that roll through. You have the occasional yeah. volcano. Yeah. But um, but it's, what is it? It's an acquired feeling, like you know, if you come from the mainland. I, I've been here my whole life, so I, I'm not I'm not used to like having super cold winters or anything like that. So I think when people come here, they're expecting it to be chilly, which it is in the winter and fall sometimes but it, it's a subtle change of seasons it's not like the drastic seasons you get over on the mainland have you ever gotten a snowfall out there though yeah on the mountains on mauna Kea and okay oh well, that makes sense in the mountains all right well listen you know i know that it took a lot for you to call in tonight i'm glad you did we had a nice five minute conversation is there anything else you want to leave oh, us yeah. with um thank you for taking my call and i love your audience your audience rocks and right. um, I wanted to leave you with some um, some people that I really love. And if you could get them on the show, that would be great. Or just for your audience to know about is um, uh, Scott Onstott has a really great Secrets in Plain Sight um, three-hour video compilation on YouTube. That's really great. And I highly recommend. Also, man, I wrote down everything <laughs> trying to get ready for this call, but... Um, well, if you want, if you want, uh, it would be even better because then I can pass it. I can pass it along to some of my uh, my producers, including our our uh, booking agent. Uh, you can just okay. email me all of the names, and we can look into their work and 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 see see what we can come up with as far as ideas, and then maybe do some that some uh, some probing. So thank you so much for that, and and I hope you have a wonderful it's weekend. It's really great to talk to you. Happy Father's Day to you and all the good fathers out there well thank you i love you guys oh well i'm well i'm glad that you called me during one of your on cycles with us and the next time you take a break just remember we'll be right where you left us okay that's great all right i'll talk to you soon all right there you take go take care bye-bye that was nice wasn't it matt very nice very incredible do you eat oysters no under no circumstances? I'll never eat an oyster in my life. Why is that? I don't like the way it looks. And I can tell it's going to be slimy and I want no part of it. It is. It does look. It does look and the way it's... it's like you get a bad one and you're sick. Like, nah, I'd rather not. You're right. I Isn't know. It, aren't you not supposed to eat that stuff anyway? Yeah, you do. Just at certain times of year. That's what I'm learning. John, <laughs> welcome you? to the show. Oh, not John. Hi, Frank. It's Annie. Annie. How are you, Annie? <laughs> I'm good. And, you know, as a New Yorker, mm -hmm. remember you brought on Marley last week? Yep. 
and I joined Audit New York. Just wanted to remind everybody to I, join AuditNewYork.com. We need help. Indeed. Get it on. Indeed. Especially okay. if you're in New, especially if you're in New York. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I I still haven't gone over there and and uh, and joined, but I should. And um, but you know me, I I would like to uh, offer up whatever media I can I can yep. offer to the cause there too. That that's usually my main contribution to anything this, these days. But I'll I'll check it out. But for also, I mean, if it, if there's an audit New York. dot com. Um, people in other states should look for these types of organizations because without you bring, bringing Marley on, I would have known about it, but there has to be something on other states um, of the same oh, there is. You know, the same level of, 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 yeah. of information and, and helping. Yeah. Yeah, well, Mar- well, that night Marley said that she has been in contact with the organization that wants to audit New Jersey. Um, uh, since then, we have been going back and forth with the person who is in in charge of the Pennsylvania efforts. I believe that person's name is Tony. Uh, Tony mm. Shoup or Shoup, I forget. And then uh, Marley also mentioned California efforts to do the mm. same. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot going on there, and since those voter roll problems are so universal across the entirety of the union it would be um it, it's good that everybody is starting to understand what needs to be done and what yep. you know we always ask the question what can we do annie well these yeah are- you start you start small i mean because it's it's really all it's really a small organization but with i can't say small organization but it's it's really starting to get kick up and um everybody should really get involved and it's effective. You know, it's effective. That's what, what she showed us is that with a small amount of people, because she she yep. referenced a, a mere 2,000 volunteers in a state where there's 23, 22 million people uh, living, and 2,000 volunteers were able to put together something that, from from what she has described, should be impossible for a court to ignore. So the right. e- the effort does not need a hulking army of volunteers. It just needs a passionate, clear-headed, focused right. one. Thanks for the call, Annie. It's great to hear from you again. Happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, and to all the fathers in your life, too. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So um, let me run through all this again, and then we're going to do our badass for the night. How's that sound, Matt? All right. What is the rest of your weekend? What are you doing for your father? Uh, I don't know. You gonna cook him? Cook him something? No. Grill him something? No. You gonna take him out? Uh, I don't know. Share a drink? He's not really into that shit. I told Lauren Saturday night that uh, uh, we're all going out to dinner. It's gonna happen. I want, I want that, uh, want that steak at that place. What place? I'll tell you later. Before we have 10,000 people show up to the restaurant. It's not a big restaurant. But uh, maybe the new, the next, quite frankly, meetup will be at a restaurant somewhere. The most expensive steakhouse in town. Thank you to Winston Dave. Thank you to Delona, who just lost 20 pounds doing carnivore, she said. Wow, there you go. Jay Glenell is going to be happy with that. I have to get him back on the schedule as well. His wonderful little getaway in Vermont is racing toward us. That's September. It'll be here before we know it. Winston Dave, 
says true, though a statesman I'm thinking of in terms of one more interested in the good of the people, not the persona. Oh, well, that's a new definition. Of, under your definition of statesman, then I guess, okay, I understand that then. But a man of the states. Bacon slut, thank you so much for the cookie. All right, that is all we have over there. And then in Rumble, we're all caught up. And Urban in Arizona says, Happy Father's Day, Frank. It's been a while. I will spend the day with my two amazing kids. Have a great day with Aurora. I wish I could do more. Urban in Arizona, you're doing just enough. Thank you so much. And with that, no more Super Chats because we are going to uh, end right after this next segment. And what is that next segment? Well, it's our badass. Matt, you know that it is badass month over here. It's really pride month, but okay, Frank, you bigot. No, you're right. (laughs) So we are doing badass month, and it's a special one because it's badass for fathers tonight. Who's the badass dad? Let's go into it. That's some badass shit. That's right. Tonight, we have a combination. We have a, actually have a combination. It is Derek and Jim Redmond. Derek, because you always finish what you start. And Jim, because it's Father's Day, and what a badass dad. If you don't know the story, we're going to tell it to you right now. The story begins in 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona. Derek Redmond was a sprinter for Great Britain seeking to overcome the injuries that had plagued him. He had five surgeries, including one in his Achilles tendon, with less than four months before the Games. His Olympic dream had been dashed four years earlier in the 1988 Games in uh, South Korea, where he tore his Achilles an hour before the race. Redmond's pursuit of a medal in Barcelona in the 400 meters started off well, as he notched the fastest time in the prelims and won his quarterfinal heat. In the semifinals, Redmond charged out of the blocks and looked strong on the first straightaway, but shortly before the race's halfway mark, he suddenly grimaced in pain and grabbed the back of his right thigh. His hamstring had torn. He crumpled to the, ba- to the track in pain and dismay as the rest of the pack sprinted on. Alone on the track, Redmond stood and began hopping on his left foot, careful to remain in his lane, determined to finish the race. The crowd stood and cheered as Redmond limped slowly toward the finish line. Then a figure emerged from alongside the track. It's Redmond's dad, Jim. Waving off officials who tried to get him off track, Jim Redmond ran up to his son, putting an arm around his waist. Derek turned and wept on his father's shoulder. Together, father and son walked the final meters of a race now long decided. The Olympic Committee has called the finish one of the most inspirational moments in Olympic history. 20 years later, Jim Redman was selected to be one of the torchbearers during the National Torch Relay for the 2012 Games in London. He said, I saw my son having a problem. It was my duty to help. He told CBS News in 2012, quote, I actually went on the track to try to stop him inflicting further damage to himself. It was Derek's idea. He asked me to get him back in that lane and I offered him a shoulder to lean on. So he wanted him to say, hey, don't, don't do any more to yourself. But Derek said, we have to finish. He said, fine, I'll help you. Derek Redman recalled that first, that at first his father tried to talk him out of continuing through the agony. Here's a quote. He was telling me that I had nothing to prove and that I didn't need to do this. But I told him I was going to finish. And then he said that we would do it together. He told the BBC in 2012. So we did. 
and I limped over the line in tears, the son remembered. What happened that day was pure instinct. Jim Redmond told Sports Illustrated in 2012, everyone does it. It just so happens that most people think about doing it, but I actually went there to help. And um, and that's it. Jim Redmond actually died last October at the age of 81. And this is one of, one of the best stories in sports, just an awesome story all around. And that is what we're going to be leaving you with here tonight, ladies and gents. So I hope that you enjoyed your time with me for this week. We will be back on Monday, the 19th of June, with our special guest, Mickey Willis. Mickey Willis. Don't miss that one. And over the weekend, sign up as a sponsor. I'll see you on the Sunday. Well, I don't know. Sunday stream might be rough. We're going a lot of places. We'll see if I can do a half-hour Sunday stream for the sponsors uh, this Sunday, maybe in the morning. The morning streams have been doing well, actually, so perhaps I'll see you there. But hang out on QuiteFrankly.tv. The weekend roundup starts in just a few moments, and it goes all throughout the weekend, and I will curate the wonderful Sunday night, the Sunday nightcap, Frank's Picks. Don't miss it. Join the Gilded. Talk to us all the time. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Derek Redmond, the best form he's shown since he broke the British record. He was in great shape, you know, he, he was had a chance, possibility of maybe getting a medal there. Cuban Hernandez has got uh, Redmond to aim at, and so too in lane number three is Steve Lewis, but Redmond's got off very fast indeed, and so too is Ismail of Qatar. Down the back straight, he's the fractional leader. Bada of Nigeria has gone very quickly, and Redmond has broken down. He's on the track, kneeling down, and Derek Redmond, on his injury problem, the jinx has struck again. Running down the back straight, I heard a funny clap or a pop, and I honestly, for a split second, thought I'd been shot. Uh, and then, obviously, I realised I've, I've pulled a hamstring. And then when the pain sort of died down, I remembered where I was and what I was doing, and I remember thinking, quick, you're in the Olympic semi-finals, you're prat, get up and start running. And I got to the 200 metre mark after hobbling 50 metres and looked across and all the guys had finished. And it pretty much hit me that, you know, it ain't gonna happen, it's all over. I would have laid there. You know, to be honest, there's no way I would have got up, because hamstring, when you got a hamstring, you know you got a hamstring. He just wants to finish. His dad's trying to run onto the track to stop him. He's going to tell him, Derek, don't. The old man went to put his arms around me, and I was just about to try and push him off because I thought it was someone else. I didn't see if he sort of jogged from behind. And uh, he said, look, you don't need to do this. You can stop now. You haven't got nothing to prove. And I said, oh, I have. You know, get me back into lane five. I want to finish. But now in the greatest arena in sport, he's getting the cheer of the games. I would never have wanted to be in Derek's shoe at that time. You know, it was a sad moment. It was a, you know, a great moment, you know, in the sport, to be honest. It's a figure, a picture that just stays in your mind forever because you don't want to see any athlete having to go through that. You just knew how destroyed he was and just how much that race meant to him. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Truth or dare? Dare. I dare you to call your dad and tell him you're thankful for him. Oh, I got you. Hello. What's going on? 
I just wanted to tell you I'm thankful for you. Why'd you? Why are you doing that? Because you you do a lot for me, and I never give anything in return. Well, you just made my day. Thank you for the call, man. Yeah. Well, I'll see you tonight. All love right. You. Love you. Bye. Bye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters, Urban in America or Arizona, Peppy Gypsy, Larkstar, Stostube, Caulkmaster Red, Uper Viking, Dan the Man Schumann, Erica Berica, and to all of our wonderful friends on Rumble, let's get to some. Patriot Amanda, Jay Semo, Cave Toad, J Dog 28, Cave Toad again. Valsky and Eve for America. Thank you to all of our friends all over the place. I'm releasing the scratching right now on Foxhole, and I will be there in the chat room with you before you know it. I just got to find myself a burger first. <laughs> 